Welcome to Gesundheit with Jacobus Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is uh, December 15. And I tell you that uh, it's a little blistery, blustery out, not blistery, blustery out there. And I just appreciate you tuning in today. What a what a special weekend. And uh, there's a lot going on, obviously. We just heard about Ryan Zinke stepping down. But uh, besides that, we have two wonderful guests in the studio who have some amazing stories about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles that I am absolutely sure we're going to enjoy. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. I am your host, Jacobus Holloway, and it is wonderful to be with you every Saturday morning from 8 to 11. So this is a program about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. We invite the experts to come on the program, either by phone or in the studio, and share with us all their research, the work they're doing, maybe a book they're writing or have written, anecdotal information, whatever it is that is inspiring and that is, how do you call it? It's um, it's just um, good stuff. I, I don't know. I'm looking for a word. I can't find it right now, but I'm sure it'll pop in my mind uh, when I don't need to know it. But in any case, uh, we, we have them and, and, and hear their passion and research and just share it with us. And then we can do with it whatever we want. But I find out a lot of people find value in the information. They get to know the guest better. Therefore, they understand the topic better. Let me tell you a little bit about my guests. A uh, little introduction here. Russ Willis is here and his daughter, Chelsea. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Russ, and then we let Chelsea introduce herself. That's going to be fun. Russ Willis is president and general manager of Bighorn Botanicals, Inc., a family-owned and operated company located in northwestern Montana near the rural town of Knoxon. Bighorn Botanicals was founded in 1991, beginning with a contract to harvest and process Pacific U bark, Texas Brevifolia. T-A-X-U-S, Texas, Brevifolia. And he was going to do that for a pharmaceutical company developing a chemotherapy drug from a natural anti-cancer constituent that was found in the U. On completion of that contract in 1993 and revitalized consumer interest in the use of herbal supplements, the company began developing specially selected botanicals which have been historically documented as significant beneficial to Native Americans and pioneers in the Pacific Northwest. Over the years, Russ Willis has researched and developed products for alternative healthcare professionals from medicinal herbs native to northwestern Montana based on ethnobotany, which is the historical use, scientific research, and sustainability of the resource. Very interesting. We discussed that last time he was on three months ago today. As a bulk raw material supplier for the past 25 years to the herbal, nutraceutical, and pharmaceutical industries, Bighorn Botanicals has supplied close to a million pounds of various dried and milled botanicals that are native, naturalized, and cultivated in Montana. Clients have included companies in the United States, Mexico, Asia, and Europe. Now, Bighorn Botanicals 
Inc. is lo located in uh, Knoxville, Montana. The office number is 406-847-5597. 406-847-5597. And the, uh, the website is bighornbotanicals.com, which is under construction right now. No, it's not. It's existing. But there is a lot of new stuff happening. It's going to look beautiful. And first of all, Russ, welcome to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you're very welcome. I appreciate it. Now, Chelsea, good morning to you. Good morning. Oh, oh, oh where are you? This. <laughs> Try that again. Good morning. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, the engineer is not working. Good morning to you. Tell me a little bit about yourself because I just hear Russ say all the time, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. <laughs> and then finally, I had a chance to meet you yesterday and today. So thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I've always observed my father working with the U-tips yeah. from the forest to the manufacturing facility. Was always interested in what he was doing. Um, observed him making the products starting in his home. When I was five, this company started and I just, I was always um, intrigued and interested in what my father was doing. And as I grew older, I grew more interested and wanted to become part of it. So um, a senior in high school was when I started with the business. Interesting, and yeah. My grandmother um, helped train me first in the office and how to take orders and talk to customers and, you know, deal with. Um, public yeah. and my father in the background was teaching me how to make the products. I see. And how to um, package and label and, you know, all those fun things. And I, I grew to love it. I, I absolutely love the product. I believe in it with my whole heart. I would recommend anyone to have you to products in their medicine cabinet, yeah. uh, in their first aid kits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a necessity. It's, um, it's a unique botanical that has many constituents and compounds um, from anti-cancer properties to anti-inflammatory properties. Uh, works in every different type of ailments with the body. Um, Some of them that haven't even been discovered yet. Uh, true. <laughs> right? True, I think true. that sometimes on Russ, uh, when we talk with you also, that the stories that you keep, and this is one of the things we want to do today, share stories mm -hmm. from people who have used the product, including yourself. Um, I, 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 some of the stories, and especially folks, when they start telling stories, not only just about people and the success they have had and how they have been able to turn lives around, but also the UTIP for animals, how animals and, and how many people have pets and it could be all kinds of pets, but how the UTIP has just healed these animals, and they don't think twice, and they don't think they and say, "Oh, it's UTIP, I don't want that." Um, mm -hmm. Literally, the benefits have been awesome. So, and 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 by the way, Chelsea, I understand you're working on a new website. It's still the same name, but it's yes. it's coming. Yes, inch by inch, we're getting closer, right? And I understand from somebody here at the studio. She said it is mind-blowing it's beautiful it's it's absolutely beautiful i'm excited to um launch it and it will launch next week it'll oh, be great. live so yeah awesome um 
definitely have a different appearance to the audience, yeah. and I think they'll enjoy it. We get an updated picture of your dad on there, too. <laughs> yeah, he's all over. I only, I only have one selfie in there with me and U-tips, but... <laughs> All right, we got to take some pictures. Right. Yeah. I don't do selfies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old fashioned. I know. <laughs> There's not a whole lot I know about you, Russ, but I know that one. <laughs> yeah. Every time I talk to Russ and I said, what about this? He said, you got to talk to Chelsea about that. That is way above my pay grade. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. It's been- I don't do computers and, and all that. Um, Chelsea and all the girls in the office, everybody around me does the computers. Um, but I can pretty much tell you where every patch of wild use is for a 14,000 square mile area in northwestern <laughs> Montana and northern Idaho. You cannot find that out on the internet. No, yeah. that's good. Well, maybe you should put it on the internet. No. no. <laughs> wow. What a story. I, I, um, I tell you, folks, for those of you who have heard Russ talk about the, 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 the tax scenes and the benefits uh, three months ago, you're going to be loving this story. Um, I, Russ, maybe you can give the listeners who are new to the program or who haven't heard you before, maybe you can give them a, a, a quick rundown about how all this came about. Uh, it was an extremely uh, unique situation. At the time, in 1991, uh, I was running an outfitting and guide service in northwestern Montana. I was a licensed Montana outfitter, taking people on hunting trips. And I was in Seattle, and I was at a sports show promoting the outfitting business. And when the show opened, this guy walks up to me at my booth and asks me, do you have any yew trees growing over there in Montana? And I said, yeah. I knew we did because I'd fooled around with making bows out of them before. Yeah. Um, that was the preferred uh, material for that the Indians used for making bows. Huh. And I said, why? He says, I'm buying all the bark from the yew trees that I can get. Yes. I asked him what for. Yeah. And he said, for a new cancer drug called Taxol. So they already knew the name. It, it was, was named already. Yeah. <laughs> Taxol. <laughs> is one of the uh, naturally occurring compounds in the yew tree. Yes. Uh, it's in a class of compounds called taxanes. Okay, so the taxanes is the, the larger group, but within the taxanes, mm-hmm. that is taxol. Taxol is just one of the taxanes, and they took that one taxane and they developed it into a chemotherapeutic drug, mm-hmm. and uh, they needed the bark. And the guy handed me his business card and walked off. I talked to him for less than one minute. Wow. And I never saw him again. So I got home, and I was looking to get into another business. I wanted to diversify. And I kept thinking. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I said, this would be something great to get into Mm -hmm. to help folks with cancer. Really? You thought about that at the time, even? I couldn't stop thinking about it. I said, what better thing to do than help people with cancer? So uh, about a week went by after I got home, and I called the guy's office up in Seattle, and his secretary answered the phone, and uh, he wasn't there at the time, and 
I uh, left my name and number. Well, he didn't call me back. About a week later, I called back again. And the secretary said, yeah, he, uh, I told his secretary, he, he never called me back. And uh, so I left my name and number again. I waited one more week, didn't hear anything from him. And I called his office up, and the line had been disconnected. The, the phone number was not working anymore. So I immediately knew something was wrong. Yeah. But I didn't know what. I didn't find out till about a year and a half later what had happened. Uh, and what happened was the guy was black marketing U-Bark that was stolen from federal lands, national forest, oh. to a company in Canada yeah. that was also trying to get into the tax all game. Yeah. They locked him up. And I wish I'd saved his card because uh, I don't even remember the man's name. Uh-huh. But that brief encounter with that guy changed my life. So I got frustrated, and I got on the phone one day, and I called up the National Cancer Institute in Washington, D.C., and I asked them, who's in charge of developing the new cancer drug, Taxol? And they told me the name of the pharmaceutical company in New York City. They gave me a, a phone number. I called them up, and I introduced myself over the phone. I said, I'm Russ Willis. I'm an outfitter. In northwestern Montana, we have yew trees here. I have a very good working relationship with the Forest Service, and I hear you need yew bark for your drug. And they said, we do, but you need to talk to Hauser Chemical in Boulder, Colorado. They're wow. the ones that is mm-hmm. extracting the tax hall for us. Mm-hmm. So I called them up, and I ended up talking with one of their vice presidents, I told him who I was, where I was, and that we had the yew trees, and he flew up there. Flew really? Into, yeah, he came up in February huh. of... 91. Uh, 91. Yeah. And he rented a car in Spokane, Washington, and he drove up, and we got together, and I snowmobiled him out to a stand of yew trees. Yeah. And I said, is this what you want? And, and he said, yes. Hmm. So it started in 91, and uh, it went 91, 92, 93. It just got huge by 93. It just kept getting bigger and bigger. And the one thing that they liked about the Montana use was the taxol content was twice as high as the uh, content in the use that grew on the coast of Washington and Oregon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, why is that? And they told me, because... You're at the fringe of its range, and it has to work harder to make a living there, and because of that, it's making more of its goodies. Yeah, makes sense. So I said, okay. So anyhow, uh, if it had not been for that brief encounter with that guy that came up to my booth at the sports show, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. During the course of that project, about halfway through the second year, I started hearing stories of people in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. making a tea from the very limb tips, the U tips, which is mostly the needles from the Pacific U with cancer and curing themselves of cancer. So I was intrigued and I started getting in touch with the people, tracking them down, and I asked them how they did it. They explained it. So I started drinking the tea myself. 
I even started giving it to my kids. Chelsea, I think, had her first cup of UT when she was six years old. Wow. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but so the, um, at this point you were, you were using the tip also, or you were using the bark? Both. Both. Okay. Okay. Uh, We were using both. At that time. How how would you do the bark? Uh, you would dry the bark and then dry it it and mill it and then make a tea out of it. And the same with the, yeah. you The The reason the the pharmaceutical company wanted the bark was because there is more taxol in the bark as compared to the very tips of the limbs. I see. But -hmm. what I found out later on, there are hundreds of taxanes in the Pacific yew tree. And in the summertime, in July and August, they peak in the very tips of the limbs. The taxol itself or the taxanes? All the, of them. The taxol will always be more in the bark yes. than in the yes. tips. Yeah. But the taxane, the complete but family of ta- the, the complete family, there's more in the tips of the limbs in the summertime. I'll be darned. And it makes sense because the plant is pushing everything out to the tips of those limbs for growth. Go. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, to make their berries for reproduction. Yeah. So anyhow, I had some friends. Uh, one guy in particular had stage four prostate cancer and uh his son and i grew up together we were best friends and he had been through surgery and chemotherapy and radiation and uh his son got in touch with me and said uh, the doctors told dad to get his affairs in order uh he's a goner so i said well i got this ut out here i'm going to send you some see if you can get him to start drinking it yeah and i sent sent back the tea he started drinking four to six cups a day. He outlived his doctor. The cancer <laughs> cleared up. A year later, he came to Montana, and I took him horseback riding. Wow. First time in his life he'd ever been on a horse. Ah. Uh, cancer didn't kill him. Uh, he had had a couple of heart attacks before the cancer set in, and one day, several years later, he uh, his heart gave out, and he just put his head down on the kitchen table, and he was gone. Wow. But I knew some other people that, that had the same situation, so I get, I was just giving him the tea. Yeah. Here, try this. Yeah. So when the pharmaceutical company made the announcement early in January of 1994 hmm. that they had synthesized the drug and they no longer needed the bark. I see. Uh, I had been also researching the ethnobotany, the historical use by Native Americans. Yeah. And I'd been drinking it myself for going on a couple of years now. And uh, I thought, well, maybe this would be useful in like an herbal cancer protocol. Hmm. But I need professional help to test it. Hmm. And I didn't know where to go or what to do. But I had, we had some friends in Montana that uh, were pretty close to our family. And they told me, you need to go down to the biomedical center, the Hoxie Clinic in Tijuana, and get with Mildred Nelson. That was before the caravan uh, moved up to Tijuana, right? Exactly. (laughs) Just kidding. So anyhow, uh, (laughs) I wrote Mildred a letter. I introduced myself. I told her where I was, uh, our background with the U, and Mildred was very familiar with the drug tax all she'd heard all about it what we're going to do russ we're going to close we're coming close to a break okay you guys can't hear it right now because you're not wearing your headphone uh but the music is playing so we got to go into a break let's continue with that story when we come back
All right, cool. And by the way, I understand you're going to play some music later. Yeah. Are you going to do that in the studio? Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. If you don't like the It's story. It's on a Utah. On a Utah. He's going to play a Utah. That will be fun. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take a short break. Uh, Russ Willis and his daughter Chelsea Willis are right here in the studio on Gesundheit with Jacobus talking about the amazing stories of the U tree, the Pacific U tree. Stay tuned for that. We will be right back. Thanks for listening. Russ was in the middle of telling a story. You went to Mildred Nelson in Tijuana. I was referred to her by some people uh, in uh, Heron, Montana. That's real close to Knoxon. Yeah. That had been down to the biomedical center, the Hoxie Clinic, and uh, been treated for cancer successfully. And uh, they got me in touch with Mildred. And I wrote Mildred a letter. And Mildred called me up. And she was a Texan very uh, straight to the point. She said, how soon can you be down here with some of that UT? Right. And I said, uh, I'll be down in a couple of weeks. I have to get a flight book. So I flew down to San Diego. They picked me up, took me down to the clinic. And that's the first time I met Mildred, Mildred Nelson. And uh, Mildred Nelson had started the clinic in Tijuana in 1963 Wow. I didn't get there till 94. So wow. 40 years. Uh, she had quite a track record. 40 uh, years. Yeah. She was Harry Hoxie's head nurse at one time in the United States. Hmm. And Harry Hoxie had 17 cancer clinics in the U.S. at one point. And uh, he did battle with the FDA and the AMA for 30 years. Yeah. And they finally won and they padlocked every clinic all on the same day, and oh, they gosh. shut him down. Wow, wow. It was just a battle. Anyhow, he turned the whole situation over to Mildred. Mildred moved it to Tijuana, named it the Biomedical Center. And uh, Mildred and I hit it off from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing about anything of cancer treatment. I was a babe in the woods. And she really tucked me under her wing and I got a crash course in the politics of cancer treatment in the United States very quickly. Yes. Anyhow, she started the initial testing, and I left uh, about 50 pounds of uh, the UT, and we started with the bark mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. And I showed her and her head doctor, Dr. Gutierrez, how, how to make it. We all sat around and drank a cup. And I left, and I went back to Montana. She called me up about a month later. Uh, this was in March I went down there. She called me up about a month later in April, and she said, uh, I want you to send me some more of that tea, and I'm coming up there this summer. I want to see these yew trees. So I sent more of the bark tea down, and she came to Montana. And... Uh, we put her up at uh, our big bed and breakfast lodge where I also outfitted uh, my clients out of. And uh, I took her out and showed her the yew trees. And she got to examining the, the yew trees. And uh, she started running her hands over the limbs and and up mm-hmm. the side of the tree and touching the bark. And 
I didn't really understand what she was doing at the time, but I watched her very closely. And she was just, I guess, feeling the vibe of the plant. I see. And she looked at me, and she runs her hand all the way to the very tip of a limb, and then she starts studying the very tip of the limb. And she said, well, you said that people that you talked to had been making tea out of these tips. And I said, yeah, that's right. Uh, but I thought the bark might be more effective. She said, I want you to make me tea out of the tips of these limbs because she said, I think what I'm after is in the tips of these limbs. Huh. She said, it's been my experience that uh, usually the medicinal qualities of a plant is either going to be in the very tips of the plant in the flower. Uh, sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes it's in the roots, but... In this situation, she said, I think what we want is in the tips of these limbs. So I said, yes, ma'am. And I started making, harvesting, and processing the U-tips and made tea out of it. Mm. And I shipped that down to her. And she tested it over the winter of 94, 95. I went back down there the following spring in March. And I said, okay, what do we got? And she said, the tips are better than the bark and used as a tea. They're more effective. The patients uh, like it better themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm getting feedback from them. And I said, great, because when we harvested the bark, we saw the tree down and we killed the tree. When you hand prune the very tips of the limbs, you do no harm to the tree. Uh, totally, and that is such an amazing story. Well, Mildred instinctively knew that those tips were going to work better. She just instinctively knew this. Uh, Years later, I ran across some scientific studies that had been done that confirmed what her instinctively, uh, what she instinctively knew. Yeah. And so that was the birth of the UTIP process. But at that point, Russ, you already knew that people were taking tea from the tips and that they were healing cancer, right? You even were taking tea from the tips what had me messed up was there is more taxol Taxol in the the bark bark. as compared to the tips right i didn't know there were hundreds of taxanes at that point and i was programmed taxol that's all i knew yes uh i didn't know enough yet yes so uh what happened was uh mildred came up and uh, she got the whole thing lined out on the tips and we never sought another tree down after that and uh, it was because of Mildred. Mildred was the mother of UTEPs. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus, Russ Willis, and Chelsea Buckner. Buck, no, it's not Bruckner, Buckner, B-U-C-K-E-R? N-E-R. Uh, N-E-R, N-E-R, yes, <laughs> Buckner, okay, perfect. Thank you. They're both in the studio. I. Oh, let's see, we might get another uh, the call. Uh, well, let's try this again. Caller, thanks for calling me back. Good morning to you. Uh, this is a different caller. Oh, different caller. Okay. Yes. Who's this? Rock. Rock. Hey, Rock. How are you? Very good. Hey, I just wanted to ask. Um, now, is there a a problem now with uh, like poaching the bark? Um, and then you know, it seems like as humans, we we seem to destroy everything that's uh, you know, if it's really good, like the buffalo, we just shot them all. 
you know, um, is there a problem? Is there going to be a problem with people poaching the bark and then killing the trees? And then the next thing you know, the trees endangered and all that kind of stuff. So I just, I'll, uh, let you speak on that. Well, you can, you can stay on the line, uh, Rock. This is a very interesting story because, uh, uh, Russ talked about it last time, but uh, I, it's worth repeating because what they're doing with the tree right now is absolutely fascinating. Uh, go ahead, Rock. <laughs> Russ, <laughs> you're like a rock, mm. but uh, <laughs> no, there is no problem with uh, poaching the bark. Uh, what they did was they semi-synthesized the drug Taxol, and the way that they did it was they take uh, cuttings. Uh, needles, the tips, from European ewes uh, grown in Europe, and they take uh, one of the taxanes out of those called Bacotin-3, and they tweak it somehow, and they turn it into Taxol. Okay. So it's a semi-synthetic. They don't want the bark anymore. When we were doing the bark harvest, the pharmaceutical company had exclusive rights to all yew trees on federal lands. So? Yeah. Huh. That was part of their agreement with the government to develop the drug. Yeah. They had exclusive rights, and what we did was uh, they also, the pharmaceutical company also had to finance an environmental impact statement and an inventory of the yew trees. So what the Forest Service did uh, they were obligated to let our crews in there, but the only place we were allowed to do harvest was areas that were scheduled to be logged, and they were going to destroy the yew trees anyhow. I see. The yew tree had no uh, value uh, to the logging industry. After they got done doing a logging job, huh. they, they slashed them and burned them. Wow. Yeah. So what happened was, uh, especially on the Flathead National Forest, and also on the Idaho Panhandle, uh, they had these areas that were scheduled to be logged. Uh, they had this planned out for like 20 years ahead of time. So what we did was we put all the areas that were going to be logged, and they were going to kill the yew trees anyhow. That's where we put our crews and did the, the bark harvest. So it was an, actually a big salvage project. I see. But now, um, Rock, so, so you're asking also part of the question is, is it still, uh, are you killing all the trees when you cut the bark? That's what you're saying, right? Well, I was just asking, you know, if some, when something's that valuable, but it now sounds like uh, we're, that he's using the tips more than, and I've got, a, I've got the U-tip uh, tea in my cupboard right now, so... Um, so it sounds like uh, we're using more of the uh, the tips for your tea and that sort of thing. Well, that is the only thing he's using right now. And part yeah. of that is that once he started harvesting the tips, he started dividing the, the all the land, 14,000 uh, acres. He started to divide it up in, in, in segments. And then he goes in and harvests from the trees only 10% of the branches. The, the outer tip of the branches, so 6 to 12 inches, 8 to 12 inches of tips. And then what he does is uh, they, they move on to the next parcel, what they have cut, uh, what they have, how they have divided it. And they're not coming back to that original 
segment of section for about five years. It takes about five years for the, the, the tree branches to grow back. So they're not touching it. So they keep moving all the way through the area till they come back to number one. And then by that time in five years, those branches have not only grown back, they have grown back thicker, bigger, and sometimes they even split in two. So they're, they're thicker, they're, they're richer. Is that right, uh, Russ? <clears throat> what I did back in 1996... Uh, I did not know <clears throat> where this whole thing was going, and I needed professional help to come up with sustainable harvest protocols. Sustainable harvest. So I contacted a lady named Dr. Nan Vance. She's a Ph.D. plant physiologist that worked with the Forest Service out of the Pacific Northwest Research Station, uh, University of Oregon. And I explained to her what we were doing, and I needed help on developing sustainable protocols. So she came up to Montana, and we started a study that lasted for three years. Nan supervised the whole thing. Uh, you can read her report on our website under the plant profile. And uh, Nan figured out that it took at least three years for the ewes to put back on the growth that we pruned. And she added one more year. Oh, four years. Okay. So what we do is uh, we let them go through at least four years of growth. And so at at earliest, we only return every fifth year. And then you hit another part of the tree. So even though the one part of the tree is regrowing, you start working on another part of the tree. Is that right? No. No, you, you take the part that you did already before? What happens is every place that you prune the tip of a limb off, it'll grow three to six branches. Wow. You go back five years later, and they're thicker, and they have more biomass than they did the first time we oh, cut wow. them. Wow. And you can see, we, we call it the knuckle. Uh, you can see a wide spot at the tip of the limb <clears throat> where the original cut was. So. And then the new growth. <clears throat> and you take... Right at that knuckle, you can cut again, and it does the same thing all over again. So. And where the all the branches and limbs that you skip, it st stimulates growth to them as well. Also. Wow. Well, well that really makes sense because, you know, pruning trees usually uh, <laughs> definitely helps them rather than, uh, than hurts them. So it, that really makes sense. Well, that yeah. answers my question. I, I thank you, Russ, very much. And. You also, Jacobus? Yeah, you're welcome, Rock. Have a good okay. weekend. Yes, you do the same. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. So uh, I see Russ is uh, moving away from his chair. <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, I, we we're going to continue with with the story. Are you ready to go back at it, Russ? I'm here. You need to, any ba a back <clears throat> massage or anything like that? I, I had to get out of that jacket. I'm heating up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, you look a little more comfy now. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, the sustainability, but uh, you were also talking about uh, the tea change from the bark to the tips, and then you started discovering Mildred Nelson at the Hoxie Clinic in Tijuana, the biomedical biomedicine clinic. She said she felt that the patients that she was giving the tea to were doing so much better. <clears throat> yeah, she saw... Uh uh, significant improvement in uh, 
the recovery of her cancer patients, they, they already had a winner before I got there, the Hoxitonic. Yes. That had a very long history of use in cancer protocols. But Mil- they included a lot of different things in those protocols. And she was constantly looking for anything new that would help. And um, what I found out, I would go down and visit with Mildred every spring. Yeah. And we would share information. Yeah. She was telling me what she was seeing with the patients at the clinic. And I was constantly doing research. Mm. Then uh, once I got my relationship with uh, Nan Vance, the plant physiologist who was publishing a lot of scientific papers, I found out from Nan that uh, although there are several of the taxanes with anti-cancer properties are water-soluble, a lot of them are not. Okay. So I knew at that point, I shared that with Mildred. I said, I told her, Mildred, uh, what's going on here with this tea is we're only getting the water-soluble taxanes. Good point. So a, a friend of ours, his name was Mr. Bankhead. He lived right up there in Montana near us. He had a melanoma tumor at the back of his throat. Huh. And he couldn't drink the tea. The tea did not agree with him. Okay. So what he did was he took the tea and he put it in a blender and he made it into a powder. Okay. And he started putting that in his food. He'd mix it with mashed potatoes, applesauce, and he started eating it like that with soft foods. Hmm. And the tumor died and fell out. In how much time? Approximately. A month. A month? Yeah. It wasn't real big, but it was a melanoma. Yeah. And his doctor was flabbergasted, but it came out and he healed up. Mm. So I got in touch with Mildred. I said, look, and I told her the story. And then I found out that if we powdered the tea and encapsulated it and the patients used those capsules, then they were getting all of the taxanes not only the water-soluble ones. Yes. So she said, get on it, and we did. And we started uh, powdering the UT and encapsulating it. And that worked even better than the tea. And the dosage that the doctors came up with down at the biomedical center was nine capsules a day, three in the morning, three at noon, and three in the evening time with meals. And that the dosage that they've been prescribing for over 20 years now. Wow. So is there still, oh, wait, we have a call on hold. Let's get a caller. Thanks for your patience, caller. Good morning. What's your name? How can we help you? Hi, I hope you can hear me this time. Yeah, I I get you perfectly. Is this Chris again? Very good. Yes, this is uh, Chris. And uh, the saying that I recently um, got a stomach cancer diagnosis. My curiosities here is why, would uh, your guest be taking the uh, the teas or with the medication? And uh, but I, I don't understand that he has cancer. Actually, no, I do not. So why would uh, why would you be taking that medication? And if it's, I kind of expect a, a medication that has much efficacy to be. Um, oh, I don't know, kind of disruptive a bit to a person's system uh, if 
if a person doesn't have a problem. It's not disruptive. Uh, the reason that I do it, and uh, now I take the U-Tinkster pretty much every day, and the reason that I do is for the anti-inflammatory properties. Uh, I got a bad back. I have inflammation problems there. The U helps a lot to keep the inflammation under control, but the U is an immunostimulant, and I like the immunostimulant properties because it helps keep me immune to the cold and flu bugs that fly all over the place nowadays. Yeah. That's why I do it. So does that help, Chris? Well, I'm, I'm curious if there's, um, if there's uh, any uh, effic- efficacy demonstrated by any of your research that this is effective on, like, uh, stomach cancer i tell you what chris we gotta run for a break you probably hear the music in the background so let's do that if you can uh we're going to hang out with you but please stay tuned we're going to start with that in the second hour and let uh, russ and chelsea answer that excellent thanks all right for- thanks for listening you bet all right folks we will be right back Somebody just texted me and said, where can I find the products? Yes, the products from UTIP are, the whole line is available exclusively, actually, at the Gesundheit Nutrition Center. But you can also find more information in uh, at Knox in Montana at the website Bighorn Botanicals, bighornbotanicals.com. And when you go there today, you will see a picture of Russ, a lot younger. He's standing in front of a yew tree. And uh, and the 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 website is uh, re- being updated this week. Chelsea, you are doing a lot of updates. Yes, I'm working with a great team to develop the. I'm so new, glad it's working out website. well. Yes, and I can't. I'm excited. I can't wait to launch it next week. And so the delay is you're doing something with uh, the 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 online store or the. Um, uh, the shopping basket, or how do you call it? Uh, the e-commerce page. E-commerce page, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last page I have to finish, and uh, That's it, it should be up and running by uh, next Wednesday is my goal. That's fantastic. So. A lot of work, I'm sure. It's been a lot of work. Yes. But um, the fruits are there. It's beautiful. Yes. I understand. Anne told me you can't yeah. see it yet, but when you see it, you're going to be amazed. Well, Russ, you know, he laid out... <laughs> everything for me i had a platform to start from so that's good yes yes <laughs> so i just uh i gave it a youthful look yeah <laughs> she why, let, why she E-W? Let me yes <laughs> youthful look <laughs> so uh great uh by the way thank you so much for coming i uh, really do uh really i'm very grateful and just um as we continue our story I, it's it's uh, you were just talking about oh Chris called right before the break Chris and, and Chris has stomach cancer now you want to know Chris if there is something that the you can do for for you right yeah. <laughs> it's easier <laughs> when you write it it looks more clear than when you say it mm-hmm. what the you can do for you the best U tip product to use for stomach cancer is the U tip oil. Mm. And the U-tip oil is in a, a base of organic olive oil. And the way that we make it is we take the alcohol extract, the tincture, and uh, we combine it with equal parts of olive oil. And, and we put that in crock pots. 
and then you turn the crock pot on low, and what happens is all of the alcohol and water from the tincture is evaporated off, and the taxanes and the rest of the medicinal compounds are transferred into the olive oil. The UTIP oil, <clears throat> you can squirt that straight in your mouth and swallow it. It does not have a harsh taste. You don't want to do that with the alcohol tincture. It has a harsh flavor, but the UTIP oil, you can squirt that straight in your mouth and swallow it. It's easy to swallow. And the dosage in a stomach cancer case, and this is the dosage that the doctors came up with down at the biomedical center, is 9 milliliters a day. One milliliter of the liquids is about equal to one 300-milligram capsule. Okay. So what you want to do is, in a stomach situation like that, is three milliliters in the morning, three at noon, and three in the evening time. And just squirt them straight in your mouth and swallow it straight down. And uh, that you oil gets down there. It, it's very soothing to the stomach. And in a stomach cancer situation, that's the best way you can go. Um, now, let me think here. Nine milliliter. Now, the uh, the U-tip uh, oil comes in a four ounce and a two ounce. Mm -hmm. So how many servings approximately in one of those? Because a two ounce would give you 31 milliliter servings. Is that right? Chelsea? <laughs> oh, visit one. Because you rattle one, this off the three. top of your head. <laughs> is that right? No, because yeah. I'm looking, thinking about the CBD, and a full dropper, I think, is one milliliter. Yes. And that's in a yes. one-ounce bottle. So we're, that is 30 servings. So that would be that in a two-milliliter, you would have, or two, two ounces, you would have 60 servings. But then if you use that nine milliliters a day, that means that you have to use uh, uh, three, four, four of those. So it mm -hmm. goes pretty fast. So you would have to go to a four ounce. If people need to have that much, am I correct here, Chelsea? Right, am I yes. calculating this you, right? You are. Yeah. So do you have larger sizes too, uh, Russ? You have, can you make eight ounces? Uh, we do a 16 ounce. Oh, 16 ounces. Yeah, we do. That's a, one big dropper. Well, we do a one 16 ounce. Well, and when, <laughs> we when people buy the 16 ounces, uh, if they have a four ounce bottle, then they can re fill their four-ounce bottle yeah. from a 16-ounce bottle, and that lasts them a while, and they get a price break when they buy 16 ounces at a time. You bet. Right, and if they haven't ordered the four-ounce before, we do provide an empty four-ounce bottle so mm -hmm. they can use a dropper. Yes, and if they order that today at the Gesundheit Nutrition Center, they get 20% off from us. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. So this is this is really interesting. So... Nine milliliters, which is three milliliters, three times a day, straight in the mouth because it's so soothing with the oil. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have that harsh flavor. Now, when, what is, is it that you say the oil because it has both the alcohol and the water soluble components in it, that would still be better than the tea? Or do you still recommend to also drink the tea? Um, the tea uh, has a robust flavor. And in a stomach, cancer, you're very nice. How well, the the, uh, the thing with the tea is the tea has the tannins in it. Okay. The tannins are what give the tea its bitter flavor. And I think in a stomach uh, cancer situation, uh, the tea 
might be irritable because of the tannins. Tannins are compounds plants produce to protect themselves from parasites. They're bitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the tea, uh, somebody could try the tea, uh, but I think the oil is a more soothing way to go. The one thing that I feel about the bitterness is that I had a show with Anne Louise Gittleman not too long ago about uh, different things about digestion. But she mentions that bitters are so good for digestion. And so that is why I think the tea would still be very good to use. And and I know some people, um, you have to understand why the stomach cancer started in this case, that what what exactly is the reason. So if people love sugars and that's what to eat or high carbohydrates, then when you start taking bitters, that is a shock. But at the same time, you will get used to it and you have to decide if this is a choice that what's the, what's the alternative, right? And so I, I sometimes think just get over it, just take the stuff, bitter or not, you'll get used to it. And you, like you said last time, Russ, add a little lemon or a little honey to it and it will cut that bitterness and you it may make it more palatable. And maybe at some point you're able to do the, the bitter tea by itself. Mm-hmm. The honey seems to take some of the bitterness out of it. And is that okay to use honey for people who are f- battling? Uh- I do, but, you know, in cancer situations, you're better off to completely avoid all sugars. Yes. Because cancer cells feed off of sugars. Yes. That's why people with cancer sometimes crave sugar. The cancer wants it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the most important dietary thing that um, in an anti-cancer diet is get rid of the sugar. And that's very important, I think, is the diet. Live healthy, you know, treat your body healthy along Mm -hmm. with natural supplements that have those compounds to help. Yes. So. Yeah, I I think we have to all, when, when you have cancer, and we talked some of that this morning over breakfast, the emotional component in fighting any disease, any disorder, is very, very powerful here. And so I think that you have to become motivated to say, you know what, I have nothing else to lose, nothing to lose, let's try this. I'm going wholeheartedly in it with a positive attitude. So I want to live, I want to be here, I know I can fight this, but at the same time, what is stomach cancer telling me? And so if you understand the lesson that cancer is giving you and you make the necessary changes in who you are, how you live your life, how you look at life, and how you make your choices in diet, you will live. You will live, you will live on, and you live on with quality of life. So I think those are important components, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I know somebody... Uh, and that's not just, I know somebody who has scar tissue in her throat and st- scar tissue, heavy scar tissue, where her esophagus goes into the stomach and the, the close to the esophageal sphincter. And she is supposed to go out of state to get surgery to clean all that up. There are times when I tell people, sometimes it's better to get the surgery, clean up the mass then make sure it doesn't happen again by doing all the precautionary um, uh, measurements here and then move on from there, make sure you never get it again. 
because there is a reason why you got it. Is the oil that you mentioned, would that be a good idea for somebody like that to give that a fair try? <clears throat> Absolutely. Taxanes have anti-scarring properties. Really? Really. What they did uh, with the uh, semi-synthetic Taxol, the pharmaceutical version uh, from the U, is where it originally developed. Uh, what they do nowadays is they coat coronary heart stents with a diluted version of Taxol. No way. They do. Wow. And the reason that they do that is when they put a, a heart stent in somebody, scar tissue begins to develop. Absolutely. And after three to five years, the scar tissue continues to grow, yeah. and then it blocks off the artery, and they have to do the whole thing all over again. What they came up with was they coat the stents, and they're metal. They coat it with Taxol, and the Taxol stops the scar tissue from going growing. It retards uh, the development of scar tissue. And we've seen that over the years with uh, using the USAB on wounds and cuts and abrasions uh, to where it really sped up the healing time, prevented the infection. But the most notable thing that it did was uh, there's hardly any scar left when you get healed up. Uh, so the, the taxanes have anti-scarring properties. So if somebody's going to go in and get surgery done like that, to clean a situation up like what you're describing, uh, that U-oil would be very beneficial to them. Even at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Powerful stuff. It, I, I'm sure that you are just learning more and more about what this can do based on the feedback you get from people who are using the U. Every year we learn more. Uh, naturopathic doctors discover things on their own and share information with us. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stories that we hear uh, that are anecdotal. They're they're not scientific, you know, by any means. But um, every year we learn more and more, and uh, that has gone on for over 20 years now. I just to throw something in there. You you had a uh, you had a dog, and one of your favorite dogs. And fascinating story got stuck in the winter snow, was bit by a mountain lion, and was lost for three days. And you yeah. found it. Do you want to tell the story? He. Uh, what was his name? Shout out, wild out. He, his name was Wide Out. Wide Out. And I owned his parents. <laughs> was he and, white? Uh, no, he's a red tech hound. <laughs> <laughs> Had great big floppy ears. And, uh, oh, it was a hound. Oh, yeah, wow. a hound dog. And uh, we were mountain lion hunting, and a bad blizzard blew in, and he got separated from the rest of the group, and uh, he got exhausted chasing this cat around. Uh, I think he had him treat, the cat treat, a couple of days all by himself, and he finally just ran out of steam, and he crawled up under a bush and curled up and went to sleep. It was very cold out. And I had a tracking collar on him, but we just could not get into the area where he was until the third day when that storm broke and my son went in on snowshoes. So he was not bit by the cat? No, he wasn't bit. Okay, okay. But uh, when my son found him, uh, him and another buddy of ours, uh, they carried him out. He couldn't walk. 
and I rushed him to the vet as fast as I could get him there. And uh, the vet immediately went to work on him. She was a really good vet, and she started giving him uh, heated intravenous li- liquid to raise his body temperature. Heated, heated liquid. Yeah. Okay. He was within one degree of the point of no return. Wow. But the bigger problem was both of his front paws were severely frostbitten. Huh. And uh, there is no pharmaceutical treatment in the vet world for frostbite. I read in your story the paws were at least twice as big as normal. They were. And uh, I had given the vet uh, some USAV prior to this, and she had been using it in different situations with different animals for different reasons. And out of desperate, she stayed up with that dog till midnight that night. And she said, I don't know, uh, these paws, uh, we may have to amputate his front paws. And I said, no, that's not happening with a hunting dog. Uh, yeah. You might, if that's the case, then we're going to put him down. Yeah. Because uh, he lived to run. Mm-hmm. You know, that was his yeah, whole life. Of course. You can't, I couldn't do it to him. Yeah. So out of desperation, she rubbed that USAV all over his paws, and his paws were swollen up twice their normal size. Wow. But she had nothing else to do, so she coated them, you know, the paws with, with the, the USAV. Yeah. And uh, she was shocked the next morning when she came in and all the swelling had gone down. And, uh, that is truly amazing the, to the, have that overnight, yeah, right? The, the dog had his head up and he wagged his tail when she walked in and, and she's going wide out. You might pull out of this, buddy. Yeah. And she called me. She was really excited. She said, you can come get him. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I don't know uh, about the paws. So yeah. I took him home and I fixed him up a spot down in my man cave in front of the wood stove. <laughs> and... Uh, Every day, I would massage that salve into his paws a couple times, and he'd always want to lick it off because dogs love the taste of that salve. So to, to prevent him from licking it off right away, I'd take a dab and I'd rub it on his nose. I see. And he would get preoccupied licking it off his nose. Oh, interesting. So that gave me time to massage it into his paws. And after about a week, the, the bottom of his paws turned completely black. So... It, it was dead tissue. Wow. And uh, about a week later, the pads peeled off, and there was pink, healthy tissue underneath. He still had some pad left. It all, had not all been destroyed. Wow. wow. And he was real gimpy. Uh, I put socks on him. Yeah. To take him yeah, out. Yeah, because that's really sensitive to his business, skin. You know? Yes. yes. Uh, and uh, it took a month to where he could walk around without being in pain, you know. And uh, it took a couple of months to get him to where he was ready to go back outside and, and live with the rest of the dogs. But uh, we saved those paws with that with that salve. And after that story happened, a guy got in touch with me. Well, then I'll hold on to the story because we got to go to a break. So Russ Willis and his daughter Chelsea Buckner are in the studio talking about the amazing Pacific U. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening today. Russ was in the middle of telling a story. He called me up and uh, one of his employees, it was middle of winter time and 
the guy was changing a water pump on one of the trucks. And he wasn't wearing gloves. And uh, he spilt all this antifreeze water all over his hands. Hmm. Well, the water hadn't froze because of the antifreeze. Okay. But it's like zero. Yeah. And it immediately frostbit his hands. And he runs in the house and he's holding his hands up and uh, he's just in agony. And uh, he says, what do I do? What do I do? And he went over to the sink and ran some cold water over it, you know, right away. That made it feel a little bit better, but the damage was done. It's like a burn. Wow. And his boss called me up and he says, look, we just had a really bad accident here. Uh, What do I do? And I said, do you have any of the USAV? And he says, yeah, I do. I have a couple jars here that you gave me. I said, rub that salve all over his hands right now. And it was like five minutes after this happened. You know, he ran a little cold water on it first to take the edge off of it. But he put that salve on there. And within a half an hour, the pain subsided. And he kept putting that salve on, you know, two, three times a day. He couldn't use his hands at all because they were so damaged. And uh, several layers of skin peeled off, and then there was healthy pink flesh underneath. He kept applying the salve, and it took a while, but he healed up. But the lesson learned there is uh, don't get your hands exposed to antifreeze when it's zero. I see. It will immediately frostbite you. Wow. So... Uh, just practical reasons here. If you have frostbitten hands, usually that means you could have permanent nerve damage. Yes. Is that right? So not only could a person lose their fingers, and so let's say they had not used the USAF, they may have had to amputate his fingers. Is that right? I don't know what would have happened. It would it it would not have been good. But he has all functioning of his fingers again. Yeah, I didn't see the guy until that summer. I said, let me see your hands. And uh, you couldn't tell anything had happened. And he didn't have any nerve damage. No scarring. Uh, His hands were working fine, but uh, he learned a very hard lesson. And uh, so, and I've told that story to a lot of different people that work on vehicles in the wintertime. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get out there and get exposed to antifreeze in zero type of weather, you should be wearing rubber gloves. To protect your hands because yes. that antifreeze will frostbite you right now yeah okay good point uh, chelsea you have some great stories too with using the salve and the oil um yes i do um i have i'm a mother of three boys all right and so the montana utip salve and the oil well all our products are in my medicine cabinet but um actually recently the school in Knoxon requested that I bring UTIP salve down to keep in their first aid kit, which so, I did. I provided <laughs> the so salve nice. for him. And um, my son, Logan, he is my little U entrepreneur, and he's very um, diligent about taking two UTIP capsules a day to keep his immune system boosted. That's great. I take three a day to keep mine boosted as well. And uh, I'm working on... Um, just explaining it and educating the school and the PTO mothers and everyone about it as yeah. a natural, healthy um, product to use in your yes. home. Yes. But uh, 
the UTIP salve is very successful in burns, cuts, bruises, um, diaper Di- rash. Diaper rash. I'm the mother for diaper rash. I <laughs> am, yeah. I provide all the moms with the UTIP salve when it comes to babies with rashes. And uh, I always recommend to the moms, do not use diapers when a baby is suffering from a severe diaper rash. Uh, use the Montana UTIP salve at all times. Just lay a blanket over them or um, cloth diapers. Is It helps in, in the healing process, and it does work very quickly. Yeah. Good point. Somebody is sending me a text. Can you spell the oil or the salve you are discussing? It's very interesting because, yes, we're talking about something that is common now to us. So there is a tree in Knox in Montana, of in in the Pacific, uh, northern Montana, all the way to the coast of uh, along the coast of uh, Washington and Oregon, and it's called the Pacific U, and it is spelled Y E W. So what we're talking about is the U tip. They're using the tips of the branches. So Y E W T I P, and then it is a salve, S A L V E, or oil, O I L. That's yeah. a perfect spelling. So set <laughs> UTIP. So that's what it is. And so we call it UTIP. It's a registered trademark, right, Russ? Uh, because it is the U tree, but because he uh, started working with the tips and is really the only one who does what 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 they do, what he does. And you're the only one that really has the access to these trees in a, in a way that you're using them and very responsible and sustainable harvesting. Um, you were able to... To, to, to create your company, Bighorn Botanicals, and patent the product. That's great. Oh, not, <clears throat> not, not patent, register it. Register name. Register it. Yes. The name, yes. <laughs> yes. So UTIP, Y-E-W-T-I-P. That registration was approved on my birthday, which I find unique and exciting. Of course it is. <laughs> of Montana yes, There you go. And so it is available at the store, Gesundheit Nutrition Center. Uh, um, uh, I think we're the only one that sell the U products, all of them, in 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 the Bozeman area. Yes. Yes. You are. Yeah. Okay. So another question we have. Oh, no. You have another exciting about the oil. Um, I use the oil a lot for earaches. Um, my kids, actually recently, uh, two of my children had started with an earache and <laughs> immediately they even tell me mom i need some utip oil in my ear huh. so i'm like okay honey lay down and i just drop a couple drops of you oil in their ear yeah and they little lay little there for a little ball. while okay. no i just have them lay there for a little bit and and then they get up and go on their merry way and i ask them later in the evening or the next morning how do you feel honey mom my ear doesn't hurt i feel fine huh and um, there's many stories like that, actually, not just from my kids, but um, personal testimonies with your aches. The UTIP oil is really fascinating, though, because it's used internally and externally. And the UTIP oil is what it's the main ingredient, primary ingredient in our topicals. Mm-hmm. So the lotion, soap, salve, and lip balm. Mm-hmm. Wow. There was a call about uh, which taxane is preeminent in the Pacific U. And also a possible side effect or what do you can do to reduce possible lung cancers? I don't think any of them are preeminent. They're all equal as far as I know. There are literally hundreds of naturally occurring taxanes in the Pacific U tree. They haven't even named them all yet. That, that 
research is ongoing. Uh, but as far as I know, there isn't one of them that's preeminent. Hmm. Okay. Well, that is uh, that's good. The uh, so just and and sometimes the the way that they work synergistically together, they empower each other. So it's hard to uh, to take one of them out. The Bristol Myers Squibb took the Taxol out and were able to synthesize it, which is a whole different process altogether. When you work with Mother Nature, there could be years that the harvest is maybe not as powerful, as potent as the previous year. It's possible. I don't know. Uh, but when you work with Mother Nature, you just have to roll mm-hmm. with the punches. But as far as the taxanes are concerned, they all work together and make each other stronger. All natural products, all natural herbal products, including the U-tips, when you go from patch to patch and from year to year, uh, the amount of uh, components varies slightly. We have to have a laboratory analysis for every single, a certificate of analysis for all of our products, every single lot number. Yeah. And part of, we have to have microbiological testing done for pathogens, uh, heavy metals testing done. It has to meet specifications. You have to have an independent lab document that is, it is safe for human consumption. But a major part of the C of A's, the certificate of analysis, is identity. And the way they do that is through infrared technology. They call it IFR. And they all, the, the identification uh, segment of the C of A's uh, comes back as a graph. Hmm. And there's peaks and valleys. And from batch to batch, uh, it will vary slightly, but just slightly. Yeah. Uh, it's never exactly identical. But what you look for for the uh, verification of identity is that all the peaks and valleys parallel each other. Hmm. So uh, interesting. That's Indeed. required by the FDA. Okay. You have to have an identity test to verify that, yes, this is Texas Brevifolia. Huh. But it's very common and normal and not unusual at all for medicinal compounds uh, to vary slightly from batch to batch and location to location, time of year it was harvested, etc. Yeah. yeah. But that is why you also found out that July-August seems to be the peak when it is uh, available, when, when, the, when the majority of taxanes are found in the tips. That's scientifically documented. That's why we uh, concentrate the harvest in July and August because wow. that's when the taxanes are at their peak. Hmm. Hmm. But, and it makes sense. But so your harvest season is only two months. Yes. Wow. And it's like making hay. I was going to say okay. that is hard. You got a two month season there. Uh, we're going Monday through Friday. Uh, week after week after week to get up the amount of inventory that we need to store in our warehouse to manufacture all our products from throughout the year. Yes. You're listening to Russ Willis from Bighorn Botanicals in Knoxon, Montana, and his daughter, Chelsea Buckner. They are sharing stories of the Montana U 
tree, the Pacific U. But uh, the one that grows over here in Montana and a little bit into Idaho, that's what he is harvesting. And uh, the products that are called the U-Y-E-W, the U-Tip products. If you would like to get more information, go to bighornbotanicals.com. Now, second question and a third question from the same person. So the second question is, a side effect includes breathing issues. How to avoid that and what is the recommendation to reduce lung cancer? So I don't know. There's actually four questions here. But uh, so have you heard of a side effect uh, of the U includes breathing issues? No, the U products, the U tips uh, enhance breathing ability and it's an anti-inflammatory. So uh, if there's inflammation in the youngs, lungs or people are having breathing problems uh the u helps with that um i have never seen a situation to where it impaired somebody's breathing ability okay um how to avoid okay what is the recommendation to reduce lung cancers to reduce so obviously they're talking about an existing lung cancer and how to reduce that okay uh no, I know this, non-small cell lung cancers respond very well to the UTIPs. And the dosage is nine capsules a day, uh, three in the morning, three at noon, and three in the evening time with meals. Now, what the doctors down at the biomedical center also do in lung cancer situations is they have their patients make the UT and put it in a nebulizer. Huh. And they will mist their lungs with the nebulizer that has UT in it a couple of times a day. Okay. And that's been very helpful, they tell me, hmm. in lung cancer situations. Okay. Wow, that is uh, so nine a day. And then the nebulizer, very interesting. And then the last question is, what is the shelf life of the powder? Three years, and that's an industry standard. I personally think it lasts at least twice that long. The medicinal compounds in the U are very stable and hold up a long time. But the industry standard on all herbal products is three years. Okay. I'm writing all this down because I'm going to get this question again later. Okay, perfect. I appreciate that. Um, we're coming so close to the hour. I, I would love to have you talk, tell stories uh you were talking, you had the story about the horses that you fed too much alfalfa. And they, one of them, 16-year-old mare, was really causing problems, couldn't even walk anymore all of a sudden because by accident you had fed it too much uh, hay. Hor uh, alfalfa, sorry. Horses uh, get a condition, and it can be caused by many different reasons. One is overfeeding uh, second-cutting alfalfa. And they get a condition called laminitis. Laminitis. Laminitis uh -huh. is commonly known as founder. It's inflammation in their hooves. And if you don't get that inflammation under control quickly, it can cause permanent bone damage within the hoof and they become permanently lame. So the treatment I came up with, and I did this with one of my own horses, uh, I put her in the barn, I got her off the alfalfa, I put her on straight grass, and I would put one ounce of the U-tip tincture, I'd mix it with applesauce, and then I'd 
stir that into her daily grain ration. And she's like in a 12 by 12 stall. So, and she could hardly, I had a hard time getting her to the stall. She couldn't hardly walk anymore. Wow. The inflammation was so bad. Yeah. In a week, uh, she's moving around that stall pretty good. And I kept her in there another week, kept giving her the chancer. And uh, she was fine after that. I put her back out with the rest of the horses, and I cut the whole bunch way back on the alfalfa. Uh, I was overfeeding the alfalfa because I was wintering a couple of horses for my kids that winter that were hard keepers. And, and uh, What does that mean, hard keepers? They uh, don't hold their weight very well. So you have to feed them an extra amount, you know. Oh, okay. So I told the kids, you come over here and every day and grain these horses. Because we're not going to overfeed the rest of the bunch. <laughs> right. And hurt somebody else, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Huh. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to take another break. Second hour is done. We only have one hour left. Uh, get ready for Russ to play some Utah for you. We will uh, take a short break, and we hope you stay with us all the way till 11 o'clock. Thanks so much. We will be right back. Uh, we talked about Russ playing the Utah, but he is still uh, doing his uh, knee bends because he's going to jump around like Chuck Berry. And so he is, uh, we're going to do, uh, he's taking a few UTEP capsules, get rid of the inflammation. But no, he is. He said, let's wait till the last half hour. So that's what we're going to do. And it is perfect timing, Russ, because we have a caller who probably has a question for you. All right. Okay. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining us. What's your name? How, how can we help you? Yeah, this is Bob, and hey, Bob. Uh, I mentioned, uh, I mean, I uh, heard your guest mention that uh, had great success with non-small cell lung cancer. I was wondering, are there any uh, uh, stories that he's heard of, of it having a good success with small cell lung cancer? <clears throat> yes. Um, one uh, in particular that I know of is a friend of mine lives in Knoxville, Montana. Um, he was diagnosed with stage four non-small cell lung cancer. And uh, he didn't even realize he had it. He was having breathing problems. He went into the emergency room, and uh, luckily the doctor in the emergency room was an oncologist. And they did x-rays, and they came back in and told him and his sister, uh, he's got advanced uh, lung cancer. Uh, we got to get him in here right away because that lung needs to come out. And they scheduled him for surgery, but that wasn't going to happen for like 10 days. And so they talked to me, and I started supplying him the capsules, and he immediately started taking nine a day. And he went in and had the surgery done. They removed one lung, and the other one... uh, he had one spot on it, but they cleaned that up as best they could. And he kept taking the nine capsules a day, and he decided he did the chemo treatment too. And they put him on Taxol, which was originally derived from the U-Trade. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he tolerated the Taxol. Taxol is toxic, the pharmaceutical drug. Interesting. And it's because of the way they formulate it. They formulate it in cremophore. They put the taxol in the liquid cremophore. Cremophore is synthetic uh, castor oil. Oh. 
and they give it to them intravenously. So? So it, there's side effects because of the cremophore. Nausea, uh, hair falling out, uh, immune system gets uh, depressed, uh, liver damage, all kinds of weird stuff goes on. But he kept taking the UCAPs, and he toler- he didn't tell the doctor he was doing this. And he tolerated the chemotherapy remarkably well. The doctor was shocked how good he was doing. Uh, he went through the whole chemo treatment, came back home, and I saw him, and he was very weak then. He was on an oxygen tank to help with his breathing. Yeah. And uh, he went back in a month later for a checkup, and... Uh, he had gained a lot of strength back, and he was mm-hmm. doing real good. How many was he taking at the time? Nine. Nine capsules a day. And he did not tell the doctor what he was doing. Huh. And uh, he was afraid the doctor would tell him to quit, and he didn't want to quit. Because as soon as he started taking the caps, he started feeling better and gaining weight back. And he went back in a month later. Uh, they did another CAT scan. Everything was good. Uh, he had gained quite a bit of weight back, and his sister was always with him. And uh, the doctor asked his sister, because his sister did most of the talking, he says, uh, what is he doing? He says, I know he's doing something because uh, his immune system is way stronger than it normally would be, and he tolerated the chemotherapy remarkably well. And... Uh, she wouldn't tell him. Huh. So uh, they uh, came back a month later. They did another CAT scan. And at by this point, he's off of the oxygen. He's gained back all the weight that he And he only had one lung. Yeah. Wow. He's uh-huh. only got one lung left. And he's walking around town. I see him regularly. Uh, so does Chelsea. He's, he lives right there in Oxen. And the doctor asked her again, he says, uh, what are you doing? And she wouldn't tell him. <laughs> and I mean, what did she say? I don't want to tell you? Or she said, uh, well, I don't know. She just kind of looked at him with that deer in the headlight look, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor was persistent. When they were leaving that day, the doctor followed them out into the parking lot. And he says, look. He says, uh, I understand why you want you don't want to talk to me about this, but please tell me what he's doing because I need to know because I've never seen anything like this. Wow. And so she leveled with him. Yeah. And she told him, well, he's been on UTIP capsules. He says, from the U-tree? And she says, yeah. He says, well, that's what we gave him, the Taxol. And he says, no, you gave him a pharmaceutical version of it. He's also in conjunction with your pharmaceutical. He has been using the natural in conjunction with it, and it helped offset the side effects of your pharmaceutical. Wow. And he says, well, thank you very much. I needed to know that. I have a story, too. A friend of my, my Do best Do you think friend. that he is going to use that now? Is he going to recommend Well, it they, doctors can't prescribe Well, I know herbals, that, you but know. they could say that if you want to help people. But um, some doctors, especially on a call, just the younger ones, are getting more and more open-minded to integrative 
uh, treatments. Yes. Uh, combining herbs and different things like acupuncture and, with pharmaceuticals. And many, many times I've heard folks on chemotherapy taking you capsules in conjunction with the chemo and they tolerate the chemo uh, way better. Huh. But uh, that that has happened just time and time I, again. I've heard so many stories about people taking the UCAPs in conjunction with their chemo treatments. Yeah. And their immune system doesn't get suppressed as much. Uh, their hair doesn't fall out as bad. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they do a lot better. Mm. So there's uh, something to be said for the natural taxanes uh, offsetting the side effects of the pharmaceuticals. Chelsea. We also hear um, after they've been through something like that, they continue taking the U-tips to help those healthy cells stay rejuvenated and keep those bad cells from replication. Yeah. Um, My best friend's mother went through the same cancer. Really? And does not have a right lung. Uh, She was on nine U-tip capsules a day, went through chemo and radiation, but she was one of those in her... um, in the oncologist's office there with many other cancer patients that were doing the same thing, her side effects weren't as bad as the others. Yes. And she's still taking them to prevent bad cells from replicating in her body. And uh, she's feeling great. Her hair grew back even thicker Mm. and uh, is still on them. She's down to three a day. To ah. keep it in her system. Wow, and how long ago was she diagnosed or was did she start taking it? This was three years ago three when years she ago. went through this. Huh. And uh, it took about a year for her to go through the whole process. Mm-hmm. But she's still taking them and feels great. Have you heard of people who take the UTIP and get diarrhea? Um, very occasionally. Rarely. Yeah. What, what may be the reason? I know somebody who I think it's, it's cleaning them out. Uh, the U detox. has anti-parasitic properties. Really? Also? Yes, and detoxification properties. And it doesn't happen that often, but occasionally uh, it will cause uh, diarrhea. And in those situations, what that person has to do is... Did stop taking the UTIP capsules altogether. All together for like a week. Okay. Uh, let everything get out of his system, and then ease back into it, starting with just one capsule a day, and one capsule a day for like three days. Then the next three days go to two capsules, mm. and gradually work their way back up. And if the diarrhea returns, they've discovered where their threshold is, and they just back off, and that's the dosage that's going to work for them. Yeah, okay. Three days and work up. Okay, good, good, good. We have a caller on hold. Thanks, caller. What's your name? How can we help you? Uh, This is uh, Stuart. I just uh, wondered if you know any protocol for uh, treating colorectal cancer. Stuart. Okay, Stuart, thank you so much. You want to stay on the line and maybe have a follow-up question? That that would be nine capsules a day. So you you stay always with the nine capsules a day? That's I didn't invent that dosage. The doctor's at the biomedical clinic. Biomedical clinic. Now, yeah. I, I, I want to reiterate, and some people tune in a little bit later. They don't always hear everything that we have said. There are There is a UTIP-T, 
That is what started it all. But those are primarily water-soluble components. They're very good, kind of bitter on the tea, but very healthy, very good, five to six cups a day if you are fighting a specific uh, challenge to your immune system, such as cancer. Um, the capsules contain both water-soluble and fat-soluble components, correct? Correct. Then we have the oil. No, first the tincture, which has primarily the both, again, water yep. and fat-soluble, but it is mixed with alcohol. And for some people, the alcohol, either because of They've been they're and they're, they're against alcohol or they they the alcohol may give them a kind of a burning <laughs> sensation. They go to the oil, which is the tincture, fifty percent tincture with fifty percent olive oil. It's all olive oil. It's all olive oil. It's all organic olive oil, and the taxanes and the other medicinal compounds are transferred from the alcohol extract into the oil. The oil contains no alcohol. People with cancer should avoid alcohol. Okay. Uh, it's very, the diet, the, the big ones in the diet uh, is uh, completely eliminate sugar and all bleached flour products. Okay. If you're going to eat bread, eat organic bread. Okay. Not white bread. Okay. Whole, whole grain bread. Yep. Okay. So, Stuart, um, you're still there? Yes, yes. Okay, uh, good. So, so the, would, yeah, go ahead. Would you would you uh, recommend doing the tea and the capsules, for example? And that's, that's kind of my follow-up question. Thank you so much for asking you, that. You can, and a lot of people go that route. Okay. Now, with the uh, w we just talked about the loose stool diarrhea. If you know somebody who is fighting that, uh, Stuart, have they been fighting diarrhea uh, at all in this time period? Um. Yeah, I guess so, off and on. So what would you say then, Russ, just take the nine anyway, or do you say to people like that, start with this and then work your way up? I'd start with just three capsules a day and then gradually work up to the nine. If the diarrhea becomes a problem, then back off of the dosage. Uh, would it then become... Uh, more beneficial to maybe uh, transfer into the oil or the tea more? Uh, would that help or does it not make any difference? It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. And and if there is a problem swallowing capsules, nine capsules a day, Stuart, I don't know if you heard Russ say it, but one milliliter, one milliliter of the, the, the oil is the same as one capsule. Correct. And so one okay. capsule is 300 milligrams and... Um, let me see. So, yeah, and then so one milliliter is also about 300 milligrams, and so you would have to take nine. Nine millimeters. Nine milliliters yeah. a day. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Great You're, show. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. All the best to you. Uh, oh, the cost. What would could make, okay, lung cancer survivor. Okay, text. What is the cost? The cost is for 200 capsules. It is fifty four ninety five. <clears throat> Two hundred capsules, fifty four ninety five. Um, Four hundred capsules, ninety four ninety five. I think that's what it is, right? Ninety four ninety five. Yeah, I'm selling Nine it. Years. So, but that's about that's about four hundred capsules. It's right around ninety five dollars for the four hundred count bottle. And if somebody's doing nine capsules a day, that bottle of four hundred will last forty four days. And at that price, it will cost you $2.13 a day. 
which you'd not uh, hate your retirement. Um, why would people use the powder? The powder is a real economical way to uh, take the U-tips. Uh, people can make their own capsules okay. with, with the powder. That is not economical. Or what? It depends what you're worth per hour. Well, it <laughs> if you got a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> but, very cost efficient. By the way, how much is uh, if 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 the powder? How much powder is about a capsule? One heaping teaspoon of the powder is equal to nine capsules. Really? really. A heaping teaspoon? A heaping teaspoon of the powder is, is nine equal capsules. to nine 300 milligram capsules. Wow. And what people do is they'll mix that powder in with yogurt, uh, fruit smoothies, uh, applesauce. Apple wow. And they eat it like that. Wow. But then you wouldn't eat, so you, would you do like a third of a teaspoon then uh, yeah. every time? three times. I'll yeah. be darned. Well, that's a great, and also for animals, right? It would be great yeah. to use it for animals. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. ah. So is there a given number that you say a thousand pound horse will use about this much? Actually, in your book, you have uh, you have kind of measurements out there. I always use the tincture on horses. And, and on a horse, a thousand pound horse, the dosage is one ounce of the tincture. One ounce of the tincture. Yeah, mixed with per grain day. per day. Per day. And, and you are able to give people 16-ounce bottles. Yes. Uh, that's another thing. So we can always special order that for you. All right. Well, we have another break coming up. I hope you stay with us this last half hour because, uh, and you may sit real close to the radio, because we are going to listen to Russ playing the Utah. So stay tuned for that. I really appreciate you all tuning in. I'm learning a lot. I hope you do as well. We'll be right back. Um, we have a call on hold. We'll take the call first. Good morning, caller. Thank you for joining us today. What's your name? How can we help you? Yeah, am I on? You are on. Yeah. See, uh, I got a question about arthritis. And, yes. And joint pain. Yes. And also uh, if it would help anything to do with gut health and digestion. Yes. If uh, Russ has any testimonials about that, uh, I'd be glad to hear them. Um, arthritis and joint pain... Uh, the pain is usually caused by inflammation. The U-tips are an effective anti-inflammatory. Most folks with arthritic type of situations, uh, me included, prefer the tincture. Uh, I mix it with uh, some water. Sometimes I'm a coffee drinker. I'll take it with my morning coffee. And the tincture gets into your bloodstream pretty quick. And uh, that's why I like it. It's fast-acting. Uh, if, for instance, you're dealing with arthritis pain and you went down to Jacobus' store and, and you got a two-ounce bottle of the tincture, by the time you get to that end of that bottle, you're going to know if it's going to work for you. 90% huh. of the time, it's pretty daggone effective. Uh, gut health. Uh, I'd recommend the oil. Uh, uh, the oil. Chelsea's yeah, because exactly we right. talked about yes. the stomach yeah. cancer earlier and the colorectal cancer, so either capsules or oil. Yeah, so if uh, you're dealing with both, uh, you'd be better off going with the oil because the oil also has the anti-inflammatory properties. Yes. And the oil is going to go into your bloodstream pretty quick, too. Oh, and perfect. And the carrier, the organic olive oil, really helps with that digestion yep. and mm. keeping the taxanes through your digestive system. It's a very expensive olive oil that Chelsea buys. 
Oh, I see. Yes, I found a wonderful product. Yep. (laughs) It's certified organic, and it's pretty spendy, but... um, It's worth it. She kind (laughs) of snuck that one in on me, (laughs) but uh, people love it so much, uh, I just go along with it. There you go. The customer talks. Mm -hmm. Does that help you, Carla? Does that uh, answer the question? Is there any follow-up? Thanks a lot, Uh, Enjoying your show. I'll probably be down this afternoon. Oh, wonderful. We we'll hope to see you there. Let's see you. Bye. Bye-bye. We have a few callers. I think we had a question about cracked hands. Yeah, you don't know that. I told you that during the break. <laughs> I I need to announce that. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Chelsea. What did you hear me say? I'm all over that one. Um, yeah. I would recommend our Fountain of Youth Lotion. Um, what's yeah, when in, do you decide that? So why would the lotion be better than the salve? The salve seems thicker to me. The, well, the salve would work as well. Um, but the lotion is really unique because of the other ingredients in the base, yeah. such as aloe vera and cucumber extract and comfrey and chamomile. And all those herbs work synergistically with our Montana U-tip oil. Yeah. And that primary ingredient, our oil in the lotion definitely helps soften and heal hands, cracked hands. Okay. So uh, uh, as a follow-up on this, uh, Chelsea, uh, great show. I did not hear how to use the salve. Could I use it for tissue damage from trauma? And how about scar tissue? Yes, absolutely. Yes, you could <laughs> use it for tissue damage. Uh, scar tissue, It the salve helps retard the development of scar tissue that's the bottom line how do you what's the word you used it does it retards the development or slows it down it slows it down speaking um we we got a a picture (laughs) we got a picture recently of a 80 year old lady from the phoenix area her daughter took a series of pictures for us wow and this woman had fallen down and she had the nastiest gash on her arm. It's like three inches long. So? Just ugly. Super ugly. And the daughter took a picture of it. The daughter had the salve and had had experience treating wounds uh, with it. She started putting that salve on. She took a picture two weeks later. It looked enormously better. So? And a month later, it was like a month and a week, she took the final picture and... There wasn't even a scar. You couldn't even tell anything had happened. It was the most dramatic improvement of anti-scarring I had ever seen in an individual. Uh, And she sent us pictures of the whole thing. Yeah. The credit goes to the Montana U-tip oil in that salve. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's impressive. And, And you usually suggest apply it like three times a day. Yeah. Or, and do it overnight. Keep I would it, say overnight, and then keep it constant. So, constant. do you? Uh, what I usually have a tendency to do when I put something like that on, I put it on, wrap it with a little saran wrap, and then bandage it. Perfect. Is that is that good? Or that, do you no, say that's no? Good. Just okay. And that's that's the protocol you want to use if you're treating uh, skin cancer like basal cell carcinoma. Okay. Uh, it, the salve is most effective when you keep it in direct contact with the cancer. Okay. That speeds up healing. And what is very common and what's going to happen, and it happens every time, is it's gonna, that cancer is going to start to itch and it's be, going to become slightly inflamed. 
That's all a normal part of the healing process. That itching and the inflammation will subside. You just got to stick with it, and it speeds the situation up uh, considerably if you keep the salve in direct contact with the spot that you're trying to get cleared up. Okay, perfect, perfect. Another question from the text line. Would do you... The U-tip, Y-E-W, would the U be something my grandsons could take to boost their immune systems? They all have asthma and frequently end up having to go on steroids when they get a cold and it settles in their lungs. They are age seven and four. Okay. Um, yes, children can take our Montana U-tip products. And um, I am a mother of three boys. Um, they are... 14, 11, and 6. I started giving my children the UTIP tea when they were 3 for colds and flus and respiratory yeah. um, bugs that might come around. Huh. Um, for those age boys, I would recommend you can feed the kids the tea, uh, 2 to 3 cups a day. Use your local honey to, for a sweetener or stevia, whatever the kid, you know. Likes. So it's easier to yeah. take because mm -hmm. it is a bitter tea, but it's very healthy for you. So it helps combat those um, bugs that come around. Um, if the child is um, able to swallow a capsule, I would, and I have done this with my children, um, give them one one U-tip capsule a day okay. and keep that in their system to keep that immune system boost, boosted. My is, kids have used it so long, I've got them up to two a day. Is that My also, uh, Chelsea, is that also something that is based kind of on body weight or you go by age or you kind of go by feeling? By feeling. And a mother okay. knows her children. Um, okay. She will be able to tell and the ch child will tell mom, mm -hmm. I feel better or I don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, definitely I, I recommend the tea or the capsule because the capsule is an easy, an easy um, addition to a daily regimen. If you do the capsule, do you recommend taking it when you go to bed so the whole body can just rest and start absorbing so they're ready for the day, or do you do you take it the first thing in the morning? Uh, first thing in the morning, I'd recommend. Do you uh, take it with kinda, food or without food? With food, you can. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Hmm. So um, yes, children can take the product. At a low dosage. Yeah. So if they do the tea, add a little bit of stevia or honey or to honey. it. Mm -hmm. So that will help to uh, to offset some of the taste. Yes. And then, yeah, okay. Well, very interesting. And there's another one. Um, <laughs> somebody just sends a text. Let me see here. Yeah, we got this one. Let me get this one. I joined the program late. Uh, can you start from the beginning? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the question. No, Russ, that's kidding. I joined the program late. Have you talked about prostate health? What would you recommend for an uh, an enlarged prostate? There's not prostate cancer, enlarged prostate. The capsules. Uh, three capsules a day uh, are the dosage for prostate maintenance and to keep the PSA counts down. Three a day. Nine a day if you're dealing with prostate cancer. So anywhere between three and nine a day, if they feel, so let's say. Start with three. For start maintenance. with three per day, and then you can take all three at the same time, yeah. obviously. What is roughly the experience that you have that people would start seeing any improvement that gives them the feeling like, okay, I can maintain this dose or I have to go up a dose? 
depends on how often they're getting up and down at night to go to the bathroom. Okay. What their PSA uh, count is doing. Okay. Uh, mainly getting up and down at night to go to the bathroom. So you would say go do three capsules a day for three for a week. Start there. And then it, you may already see an improvement within a week. Yes. And then you say if you see improvement... Just stay on the dose. Right. Because it will continue to get better. You don't better. need any more than that. Right. If you don't see it within a week, then go to six. Then, then bump to four, it up to six. Go to six. Okay. Yep. All right. So three a day. All right. I hope that answers uh, this person's question. And uh, I think we have come to the moment that everybody has tuned in for. Mm-hmm. Utah time. Utah time. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder. Let's see here. Russ, uh, I, um, I'm going to record you. Well, I'm going to record you anyway. It's going to be over here, but I like to record you on uh, a video. So let's see what we can do here. So tell us what we're going to listen to. Okay, this song is I'm playing it on a guitar, and the body is built out of you wood. And uh, this, the wood that... The body of this guitar is, is built out of uh, the yew tree was about 600 years old. Yew trees are very long-lived, but they grow very, very slowly. And because they grow so slowly, the grain of the wood is extremely tight. And that's what you want in musical instruments. That's what gives it its resonance. Hmm. So this song, I wrote, started writing it on Election Day. And I finished it the following morning. <laughs> it's called After Election Day. I gotta put my glasses on here. <laughs> yeah, that helps. It's called After Election Day. It'll be okay. And it was so nice the next morning to wake up and not have to watch those stupid commercials anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I did my duty and voted today. I hope we win and prosperity is here to stay. And by midnight we should know the results. Good luck America for a decisive revolt Good luck America We all need a jolt And if it turns out bad Just go home and get high And remember this It'll be okay it will be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And how about those commercials? Weren't they a drag? Some of them so bad, 
They made us wanna gag. How about those flyers that made pretty good fire starter? And if you answered the phone and just hung up, you weren't alone hearing them bitch and moan. Many believe fake news because they share their views. Good luck, America. It will be okay. Good luck, America. After election day, it will be okay. It'll be okay. Okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Thank you, Russ. That's really nice, really gentle. I like it. Still resonating. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Live from Bozeman, Montana. Thank you very much. Beautiful Utah. All right, folks. uh, We have a few minutes left. If you have a musical request, uh, I don't know what range Russ is going to play, but he has played most of his life, and he just enjoys doing that, whatever the music is. So uh, thanks. Thanks very much. This has been uh, so far just an exciting program. I really appreciate um, you have what you have brought here today. Um, when, uh, let me see. Let's see if I have any other messages at this point coming in. Um, Russ, obviously the whole show is about tax hall, uh, tax saints, the uh, the active some of the active components in the U3. There are polyphenols. There are uh, carotenoids in there. Um, lignans. Lignans. Yeah, lignans. Flavonoids. Yeah. Yeah, and and so what exactly, you wanted to say something about taxanes specifically. I get asked occasionally, folks want to know, how do taxanes work in the human body? Well, here's the answer. When a cancer cell replicates, it grows what's called a spindle fiber. And at the end of the spindle fiber, a new cancer cell develops. Then the spindle fiber disintegrates. And the new cell grows its own spindle fiber. And at the end of that spindle fiber, another cancer cell develops. And that's how cancer replicates. Yes. What the taxanes do is they prevent the spindle fiber from disintegrating. And the cancer can't replicate and spread anymore. Then the U is a pretty good immunostimulant. And the immune system gets stimulated and the immune system finishes the job. Hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. So there has been, especially at the biomedicine clinic in Tijuana, the Hoxi clinic, that they do continuous research. They have the lab. They they they, they are working with these products with their cancer patients. So they have also studied then how white blood cells are being nourished and helped with the taxanes. 
And what are some of the reports? Because you said when Mildred, Mildred Nelson was still uh, alive, she passed away in 99. Yep. And you would sh go with her and share stories with her about you, and she would share stories about her patients. Did you ever find out more information about how do you starts helping the immune system itself? We don't know uh, which compounds in the use stimulate the immune system. Okay. Perhaps it's one or two of them, or perhaps it's all of them working synergistically together. All we know is uh, that it stimulates the immune system, and the first time that we started noticing that was uh, in the early years, people on chemotherapy their immune system would uh, crash, mm. white blood cell count go down. As soon as they started using the UTIP products, the white blood cell count went back up and stabilized. Yeah. That was the first tip-off that we had, that it was it's stimulating the immune system. And then Mildred confirmed it down at the clinic in Tijuana. Mm. She said, I don't know how it's doing it, but it's doing it. She said, I don't care how it's doing it. All I care is that it's doing it. Yes. I I want to go back uh, for a second here to the list that you made. Suggested dosage of Montana UTIP products for animals. Suggested dosage. So, first of all, folks, uh, Russ Willis and his daughter, Chelsea Buckner, are my guests on Gesundheit with Jacobus. Uh, for horses, cancer, and inflammation, for a horse 800 to 1,200 pounds, give one ounce U-tip tincture mixed with one cup applesauce and mix with daily grain ration once a day. For external tumors, apply U-tip salve twice daily. Dogs, for cancer and inflammation, give one dropper, which is one milliliter, U-tip oil for every 10 pounds of body weight mixed with soft food once a day. If feeding twice a day, give half a dose at a time. Uh, also external tumors, but we're running out of time here. So cats, for cancer and inflammation, give one drop or one milliliter U-tip oil for every 10 pounds body weight, mixed with soft food a, daily, a day, just like the dogs. Thank you both for being here. I hope that people will come and say hello to you at the Nutrition Center, but we'll be talking again soon. Thanks for having Thank us you. again. You bet. All the best to you folks and have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week.